Back to Austin Hill in the morning. Questions or comments for the show? You can leave them on our show page at MyFaithRadio.com. It's now 10 minutes past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. And I'm Austin Hill here weekday mornings. Bill English, adjunct professor at the University of Northwestern St. Paul and publisher of BibleandBusiness.com in studio with us. You know, I was, uh, I, I, once we got talking on this subject and you and I started emailing and you start sending me some of the things that you're finding. It is really amazing how much the scriptures say. I was a little surprised at how much the scriptures say about the way we dress. I was too. Uh, you know, when I went in and started to, you know, when, when, you, when you gave me this topic for this morning and I, um, just so listening audience knows, I get a topic and then I go research it. And then I give uh, Austin um, talking points and some ideas on, on how we should handle the segment. So I went, I was going through the scriptures and looking up various words and, and doing my study. I was really surprised, too, at just how much the scriptures have to say about what we wear, mm-hmm. what our clothing is, uh, and, and, and what we can deduce from that. Yeah, I, and I notice here, I mean, uh, from the Old Testament, we see that clothing is, uh, was sometimes viewed as a sign of wealth, depending on what the outfit was. And it's certainly true in, in our culture oh, today. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Jesus teaches us, as recorded in the, the Gospel of uh, Matthew, that uh, we're not to be anxious about what we wear. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and then, interestingly, in fact, there's an entire worship song derived from the scriptural reference. I think it doesn't come from Second Samuel, the one about the garments of praise when we're uh, in the midst of grief. That sounds accurate, but I don't know that to be off the top of my head if that's from Second Samuel. Yeah. So... Well, it be that as it may, how do we, if we take the, in your view, if we take the, uh, the sum total of what the scriptures have to say about attire and dress, how do we put that together and, and make sense of it for today? Well, let's, let's just go over um, um, a few points and start to make sense of this. First of all, clothing is there because of sin. Originally, Adam and Eve were just buck naked in the garden before there was any sin, and it was only after they sinned that they felt that they needed to cover their bodies. Uh, so uh, clothing really is a result of, of, of uh, original sin. Uh, but there's also some other things that we can learn about this. For instance, in 1 Peter 3, um, he talks about how clothing should not be the end point of our attractiveness. Now, that's my uh, Bill English paraphrase of that, mm-hmm. of that uh, uh, passage. But clothing should not be something that draws attention to our body or should be primarily the thing that is the most attractive thing about us. In other words, our beauty should come from the inside rather than the outside. And uh, especially in James, I thought of James when we were looking at this topic, you know, uh, James 2, 1 through 4, where it talks about our need to look past the clothing. Uh, One person comes into your church well-dressed, and another person comes into your church who is poorly dressed, we should be looking past the clothing, past the outward appearance, and treat each person with the same dignity and respect. Uh, also throughout scriptures, we see that garments were changed uh, in times of grief, in times mm-hmm. of weddings, you know, for, for, uh, for weddings, for various events. The clothing changed to match the nature and the uh, ambiance and the flavor of that event. So uh, clothing is something that really is talked about quite a bit in Scripture. 
Yeah. Now, and uh, quite enlightening indeed. Now, to some degree, as you're listing off how clothing and, and garments were regarded in the Old Testament and New Testament eras, I, I'm listening to this thinking, okay, well, that's kind of how it operates in our culture today. On some points, we are there. I mean, it's certainly appropriate to dress differently when you're attending attending a wedding as opposed to the way you dress when you, oh, I don't know, go out for dinner with a, a friend or a family member or what have you. I mean, we, we do adjust clothing according to the uh, setting. In other ways, though, we're kind of off the mark, it seems, scripturally. I mean, you made reference to the fact that uh, clothing should not degrade the person's dignity. I, I don't think I don't think our culture even uh, adequately defines or has an adequate grasp of what human dignity is. So it's difficult to know if we're undermining or not. Does yeah, that make well, sense to you? Yeah, it does make sense to me, and I do think we're undermining our dignity. I think women, by and large, undermine their dignity when they dress immodestly, uh, and guys undermine their dignity when they dress inappropriately for the for the times, uh, for the event. Um, we are losing uh, the one. The one thing that I didn't bring up is that the scriptures do just assume a differential in the type of clothing between men and women, and we have had some gender fuzziness or gender loss of of distinction in our clothing. Certainly not entirely, mm-hmm. uh, but but we've had some of that, and uh, I'm not sure how good that is. I think women should be dressing. In, in one particular way, a man and another, to represent uh, the two genders that obviously exist on this wonderful earth that God has given us. Yeah. Now you've, uh, from there, with the, with the uh, scriptural truths as our basis, Bill English has uh, written eloquently, as always, about some real basics, some real informative uh, ideas about uh, how dress can set the tone for our place of employment, our company, or the nonprofit group that we work with, or what have you. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue with Bill English uh, in just a moment. Appropriate attire for the workplace over the summer months, even as things start to heat up weather-wise, and we're inclined to uh, dress a little bit less, shall we say, and dress in more cool, comfortable clothing. Stand by for more in a moment. 16 past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. It's 18 past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. There you go. That's a worship song called The Garments of Praise. Put on the garments of praise for a spirit of heaviness, which I I believe that that song was derived from some of the uh, scriptural references in the Old Testament to a season of grieving, a season of loss. And uh, we we praise all the more our God and our Creator, even uh, when we have a spirit of heaviness. Anyway, that's to, again that harkens back, I believe, to uh, references in uh, the second book of Samuel that we were talking about a few moments ago. Bill English, publisher of BibleandBusiness.com, uh, he's in studio with us. He'll have a, a blog post about uh, tire in the workplace um, uh, coming shortly. So where do we begin? Where do we? You know, what's the next step? Understanding that the Scripture has a lot to say about the way we dress. Where do we? start to understand, here's what's appropriate for the workplace. What are your thoughts? Well, it, it takes some maturity and it takes some judgment to, to dress appropriately for an event. And so uh, let me let me give you a kind of an, an, an absurd illustration. I don't know where, which city I was in. Uh, you know, I've traveled extensively for the last 10 or 12 years for business. And I happened to walk into a high school gym uh, in some other city. 
and they were having their prom there, and the girls, mm-hmm. the girls were just decked out. I mean, they were drop dead gorgeous. They were just so beautiful in all of how how they had gotten ready for the prom. The guys were in jeans and t-shirts, and some of them hadn't showered, uh, some of them hadn't shaved. And why the girls put up with this, I'll never know, but uh, they were not showing respect to those girls. So mm-hmm. it, it seems to me that how you dress for the event indicates the level of seriousness or the level of respect that that event deserves. And so uh, dressing appropriately for the event is something that um, I think should be foremost on our minds when we're picking out clothing to go into an event. And this brings up that topic that you have brought up earlier that I guess you had a discussion on. I didn't hear it on the air a few days ago about how should we dress for church. Yeah. And uh, I've always been a coat and tie guy. And yet, you know, it, I go to my church and I'm the only coat and tie guy in my church. A lot of guys wear sport coats, but very few ties. And and it's it's uh, a little bit disconcerting to me. I grew up Sunday best, right? You know, Sunday mm-hmm. best. Sure. And uh, and I think our culture has lost some of that. So first thing I would say is respect. Yeah, and I grew up Sunday best as well. I also grew up in Southern California. And even part of the discussion that we had here on the program last Friday about uh, dressing a church, I was, I was reading a piece from um, uh, Jim Daly at Focus on the Family. I didn't even realize. Daly's a bit older than me, but I didn't realize he and I are from the same region of Southern California. And uh, a good bit of what we know today of evangelicalism uh, in terms of its culture and its nuances, a lot of that came out of sort of the evangelical churches meshing with the beach culture in Southern California, where, you know, shorts and sandals and T-shirts at church became the norm. And Daly wrote a very interesting piece about this, and it matched with my experience. That said, I I get the the, I'm a coat and tie guy. I had an interesting conversation about this several months ago with my pastor, uh, who I I love and, and respect immensely. And he said, I'm a coat and tie guy. But if I walk out on the the platform there and stand behind the podium and try to deliver a sermon in a coat and tie, I become the object of weirdness. I become a distraction because the the rest of the congregation, the the environment, the culture of our church, if you will, is more casual than that. And so the way he put to me, he says, I try to dress just a little bit more nicely than most of the guys do to elevate the... You know, the, uh, the standards a little bit, but I don't want to be, you know, an object of, of awe and distract people from what's really going on. What, yeah, you apply know, that to the workplace. Well, you know, uh, just last three times that I've preached, I've preached in jeans and a sport jacket. So it kind of goes against my green, but I've done that. But in the workplace, yeah. you need to dress in a way that is respectful and appropriate to the profession and the type of work that is going on. So if you're in manufacturing, you're going to dress one way. If you're in accounting services or legal services, you're, you're going to dress another way. So, okay. uh, again, I think appropriateness and respect, uh, these are two balancing acts that, that we need to uh, engage in. So the tendency over the summer months is to get real casual at uh, the workplace and, in many cases, at church as well. Um, how casual is too casual in your expert opinion, Bill English? It all depends on the job, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be coy with my answer, but it really just all depends on the job. So, again, over the summer months, I tend to wear sport jackets or suits without ties. In the fall and winter, I tend to go ahead and put the tie on uh, when I'm having uh, business um, activities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I I agree. I try to uh, with with one comment you made. I try to dress one level above what the expectation is. Two levels or three levels above, and it's it's too much, or two or three below, and it's too little. 
So try to elevate the the standard a little bit uh, yeah. while not standing out too much and drawing too much attention to yourself. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Is it a pretty common uh, problem? Do you hear from business managers as you're consulting, advising? Do they say, "Man, I just we've got our dress code in place here in our our company, but I just can't get people to uh, live by it during the summer months"? Is that a problem? Not really. Uh, most people that I've talked to have a dress code in their business, and uh, it's just a it's just an expectation of the business, and people either comply or they don't work there. Yeah. If a company does not have a uh, a real specific and spelled out dress code in place what what are the risks well you better get one because if your customers are coming on site to your location they're forming first impressions about you and your company based on how people dress and so if the uh if the receptionist is too revealing in her clothing or one of your managers is walking around in t-shirts uh and holy jeans and there's you know bad writing on the t-shirt and stuff like that that's an impression of your company you need to shore that up and and get a dress code in place you know there seems to be I, and my perception is there's a growing number of large uh multinational companies that do business all over the country where they allow the employees to kind of dress the way they will. They, I'm sure they have standards in place, but Costco, for example. I mean, uh, the Hill family is a you know Costco family. We buy groceries and household supplies and such from Costco. And uh, they, I, I know they pay pretty well for entry-level work that it is. They usually have a very well-trained, very responsive, mature adult uh, workforce, a great customer service. But you see, you know, T-shirts and, and jeans and stuff there. They they don't seem to. They just the whole culture is very casual. Uh, what do you make yeah, of that? Well, but but it's Costco, right? It's a discount place to begin with. If you were going to go to um, one of the major law firms here in Minneapolis and and you were going to be a lawyer and and work with customers, you're not going to show up in jeans and a T-shirt. You're just not going to do it. Sure. And all those other businesses between Costco and the law firm? <laughs> it's up to the owner. It's up to the owner, and uh, the owner needs to decide uh, what is appropriate attire and, yeah. and then get it enforced. Yeah, very interesting. He's uh, Bill English. Find him at BibleAndBusiness.com. You'll find him right here on whatever device you're listening to right now, whether it's a radio, a mobile phone, a tablet, a desktop or laptop computer. He'll be guest hosting the entire program this Friday here on the Faith Radio Network. This is really, really interesting information you put together. Thank you for what you do. Thanks well, you for bet. this. Yeah, good you stuff. Bet. We'll see. We'll see you Friday. Okay. Take care. 26 past the hour here on the Faith Radio Network. By the way, speaking of the workplace, wait till you hear about the latest trend among millennials in the workplace. John Stone Street with Breakpoint will tell us about it next. Don't go away.